Welcome to the Co-Founders Show. I'm Delphine, your host and the Co-Founders Coach. In this first series, I'm interviewing well-established business partners who are sharing their journey, insights, challenges, and learnings of growing a business together. Allez, on y va! Let's dig into our next episode. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Co-Founders Show. So this is the second episode, and I'm really excited to have Joe and Zoe with me today on the show. Joe and Zoe are co-founders of the In Good Company, and I came across them and their company on LinkedIn, where I hang out a lot for my business. They have a training, a coaching training organization, but they actually do much more than that. I am personally a qualified coach. I've done the ILM7, but that was before I came across you two and your organization. And I've been now part of your community, following the conversation, following your content on LinkedIn. So I was really happy when you said that you were keen to come on the show. So welcome. And my first question to you both is, how did you decide to start a business together? And maybe tell us a bit more about your business as well. Thank you, Delphine. It's great to be here with you today. So Zoe and I met when we were doing our master's for HR at a local university, and we just formed an instant connection. We were at a similar point in our lives. We had a similar interest in learning and development, and we supported each other through our HR careers. And we discovered coaching independently, but at about the same time, and both trained to be coaches and we'd, I'd had my first child, Zoe was at a similar point, and we just decided that we really wanted to have a more flexible way of working, where we could be both great mothers and also fulfill our potential in life. And so made the decision to resign from the job. We sat down, what is it we want to create? And we decided that our passion and our interest and where we could contribute most and in the way you want to in the world was to set up a coaching business and that was back at the end of 2010. Yeah there were I'd say there's a number of months where Joe and I were both independently exploring our own options. I always had the bug to set up my own business. I sort of always knew that that would be in my future. I have a fierce need for freedom that <laughs> was harder to me as you know as life became more full. So I was sitting down and working out all my business ideas. And I think Joe simultaneously was doing that. And I think one day we came together and Joe's like, I'm going to leave. And I'm like, well, if you're going to leave, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and we just sort of decided at that point in time, let's explore doing it together. And I think part of it around the reasons, I think if we're really honest with each other is being together gave us more confidence in our ability to do it at that point in time taking a leap out of the corporate world and that secure salary in, you know, it's a leap into the unknown, isn't it? And I think together we knew we had many shared values and a lot of tenacity. And I think it just gave us an extra confidence to do it together. I think on top of that, there's also that desire for fun, you know, and it, we very much saw it as an adventure. And I think to be able to do that and experience that together just felt like the, the better option than doing it alone. And our business has evolved a lot since we created it. We created it originally for us to 
do one-to-one executive coaching, but along the way we've designed and facilitated leadership development programs based on the foundations and the principles of a coaching approach. And then in 2015, we decided that we would launch our coaching training business. And so we have developed and grown into a global uh, coaching training business where our qualifications are also accredited by a number of coaching bodies. And we've also gone on to publish our own book, Deciding to Coach, and also launch our podcast, both of which have gone to number one. We have our YouTube channel and also most recently launched our Emotions Coaching Practitioner Program, which is work that has come out of our heads and our hearts and is part of our desire to continue to contribute to the profession as well as developing courageous and compassionate leaders. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I understand what you were saying, Zoe, with the idea of being together, like being stronger together and giving each other support and also confidence. I mean, I've been now independent for three years and it's a roller coaster for sure because You spend a lot of time in your own head. And as we know, mindset is a huge block of building a business. And that is definitely an area I had to work on. And I heard other co-founders say, if I didn't have my business partner at the moments where things were tough, I think I would have given up. So it's great to be able to have each other's back. But it's also obviously the human aspect of relationship. What I've heard as well is some people go into business thinking they really get on and know each other. And then on the the hard journey of building the business, they also discover (laughs) the real personality and how to make it work. So specifically on the early days when you decided to go and build that business together, How did you align on the vision? Like, how did you work through the first aspect of where do you want to go, what the business looks like, and all of that? I'd say with lots of colorful stationery. (laughs) There were lots of (laughs) post-it notes and highlighters and colored pens. And I think it was a process that we drew on our coaching skills at that point in time. So we looked at our values well, and our HR careers as well. We looked at our values, we looked at our strengths, we looked at what we had energy and passion for. And and we also looked at our network and where the opportunities might lie. And I think, I don't know if we were fortunate that we had a shared vision that came very easily or whether that's actually one of the reasons that brought us together in the first place. It's a bit chicken and egg. I think we just knew in our hearts what we wanted to do. Like we'd fell in love with coaching as a profession. We were both very committed to putting that into practice to help make a difference, you know, to others. And so I think it was probably the vision that brought us together in the first place. And from there, it was about refining that down and and putting some I guess some more specifics around it. And in terms of skills, how did you work through basically who's doing what? Because you both came with a similar background somehow. So how did you get organized to build on each other's strengths? We didn't really. We both did everything for about 10 years. And and that is something that we have sort of revisited as the business has gone through different stages and where you know one of us has more energy than the other or more resilience and tenacity than the other in a particular area 
or skill, then we've kind of naturally then played into that. What we always kind of refer to is, are we both contributing in an equal way to the business? And, you know, often that can't be measured in a, you know, nuts and bolts way. Again, it's based on the trust that we have with each other, whilst also recognizing that each of us might have other pulls on our attention at different times because we are working parents ourselves so it's a bit like the way we started the business we'd been friends for 10 years we had knowledge and understanding of the way we process information the things that we love about each other the things that we can benefit from and also a knowledge that our relationship could hold tension Hmm. I would love to build on that, actually, Joe, if you don't mind, because I think it's something which would be really interesting for the listeners. What do you mean by holding the tension? Well, Zoe and I have different ideas at different times. We'll often text each other at random times of the day or the night because we'll have been reading something or we'll have just had a thought and we think, oh, yes, you know, I've got energy for that and we'll test it out with the other person. And the other person doesn't always have the same amount of energy or enthusiasm for it or doesn't see it fitting in the business and, you know, we'll need to have more conversations about it. And so what we are able to do is to hold that detention, we call it. And we trust that what we create together ultimately is going to be as good, if not better, and that we trust the other, that where something's really important to the other person, we find space in the business for it. So we have a semi-structure every year of, you know, the things that are going to be in it. And every year it obviously ends up looking slightly different because we add in different things that, you know, that we have energy or passion or our clients are asking us for and we check, do we have energy for it? So our reference point is often around, yeah, what we have energy for and spending the time to listen to each other. And when we're in very busy periods, we both recognize we don't have time to really explore this or delve more into this, but let's hold it and let's come back to that. And let's make time to step outside of the business and explore that together. And we bring curiosity to it rather than rather than a defending position type energy. It's more around, okay, tell me more about that. Where's that come from for you? How do you see that fitting in? Okay. And how would that relate to that? So we find that exciting. I think there's a piece in our relationship around, well, there's, there's not really an ego in our business and in our relationship. Obviously, Joe and I have ego, but it doesn't come out in our relationship. And I think what you see in many relationships from pressures on, for example, when you're time poor and there's deadlines to be met and maybe you've got stuff going on at home, it can bring out the worst in anyone and it can bring out the worst in me and it can bring out the worst in Joe. But when those behaviors come through, it's not met with irritation, frustration, annoyance. It's just met with acceptance, which is, okay, that's happening right now. It's not going to happen forever. It's probably only going to last a couple of days. And so I think that is just where we have a deep respect and acceptance for each other's, you know, strengths, talents, skills, qualities, as well as some of those behaviors that are less helpful from time to time. And I think what we see in many relationships is it's at those moments when relationships break down or, or the tension prevails. Whereas the one rule that Joe and I had when we set out in business is that friendship will always prevail over and above everything else. And that is something I think we both hold 
very dear that whatever happens in business at the end of this, our friendship will always be the most important thing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think there is a theme of friendship in the co-founder's relationship because when I've done the research before starting the podcast, I heard many co-founders said, well, we were really good friends before we started. Also, a lot of people were colleagues, so they knew each other. But for them, the friendship was really important. But I heard many stories of friendship deteriorating while the business was growing. And that point you made, Zoe, on the ego, it's a very strong point because I think it's back to self-awareness, isn't it? I think the more ego we have, and by this I mean I'm important and I need to really push my point until it's accepted by others, that type of ego is really hard. We all saw it in corporate and it can get on the way of creativity and trust and collaboration. But when it comes through in co-founders, when the business is smaller, it can really be a block. And in terms of communication, so you said, Joe, that there's a lot of fluid communication, sharing ideas, WhatsApp at, you know, crazy time of the day, maybe. But how do you now do that after many years of running your own business? Do you have a mix of some sort of structure, but still a lot of fluid communication? And also, do you have a space where you meet? Like, do you have an office or are you completely remote? Because that has an impact as well on communication. Yeah, so we do do a bit of both. So semi-structure is the theme of our business. So we've tried many times having a set time when we meet or now as our team is growing, we've never really found that we've been able to stick to that because other things come up or we feel that that same cadence doesn't always suit the individuals. You know, sometimes you want to just get on with the things that they're doing. So we respect the need for flexibility whilst also understanding and valuing the need for connection and yeah around that so it's a semi-structure we do work remotely so I'm based in Devon and in the UK and Zoe is based in Bristol in the UK and we try and meet up regularly in person but the, most of our communication is done via Zoom <laughs> via the phone via text message and there is a respect for boundaries around that so whilst we might you know message in the evenings there is a general respect that we're not going to message each other at two o'clock in the morning and we um, wait each other up we'll just convey the next day I was going to message you late last night but I held off here's my you know here's my idea and the thing about our relationship is that having been in business for 11 years now I think we we respect each other in a way that we believe that each other can be successful in our own right. So we don't need to be together in business. We are together in business through choice. And we have explored the future of our business at like a pivotal time a few years ago. And I think facing into that and leaning into that was very new for us, but actually created in many ways the platform for the success that we've had since then. When you say you grew the team, do you have employees now or do you mainly have freelancers who are helping you? So we have a bit of both. So we have one full-time employee and then obviously there's Joe and I. We have a number of answers that support our, the, learning, the learning sort of structures of our programs. And also we obviously have people that help with 
legals and finances yeah. and more of the support systems behind the scenes. And team expansion is one of the things that is on our radar now as we continue to scale and grow the business. We have regular conversations around what does the future structure of our business look like from a resourcing perspective so that we don't hire when we need it. We hire in advance of when we need it so that we can onboard well. Because it's, you know, it's really important to us. You know, we were basically, it was Joe and I for about 10 years in our business. Yes, a couple of like virtual assistants and freelancers, but nothing like we have today. And as we expand the team, obviously we want to protect the culture of the relationship that we have, but also the people that we bring into the business. We want them to experience mm-hmm being in relationship with us, not being an outsider to our relationship. We we do recognize because of the intensity of the way that we've worked for so many years and the friendship that we hold, that that can be quite hard for others to join. It can be hard for us to accept bringing others in, but actually what's the experience of the person that we're bringing in, in into this system as well? And so, you know, we want to, when we bring people on, we want to do it well and mm. we want to be able to bring people into the fold rather than feeling like they are sort of on the outside of our relationship in some way. Yeah, it's like building the culture almost of the growing organization, isn't it? And it's like any organization, whatever size is, what is a culture we want to build for the people who join? And a lot of small organizations don't think about it this way, maybe because they don't think they're big enough. But I have got background in brand and we talked about it before Zoe and when you work on the brand, you really work on the soul of the business. So it's all the work you, you mentioned, like the values and the purpose and what do we really stand for. And I think that's probably the pillars of then building the culture of the company, making sure people you employ share similar values, buy into that purpose. But then there is that extra dimension, as you say, of the relationship, like how do we create that sort of opening environment where we can communicate, people can still share their idea, but still finding some structure because at the end of the day, the two of you are running the business and will take the biggest decisions. And on that point of decision, it's been an interesting question I've asked in the research and I had so many different responses. How do you take decision together? whether it's small or big decision, what, what's the process, if any, that you go through? It's quite interesting. Like some some decisions happen very quickly. So both Joe and I are quite spontaneous. And if I give you an example of that, so Joe goes on holiday, comes back off holiday, phones me up the day after. She's like, I want to do the podcast. We talked about doing a podcast for many years, but it kind of been something that hadn't made it to the top of the list. So I want to do the podcast. I've booked an appointment with, you know, this person. Are you good with that? So at that point, I just go with the energy of it because I can already sense that decision has been made in Joe's head. It's something that we are in alignment with. So I'm just like, I'm going to get on board. It's going to happen. Similar to when we were designing the emotions coaching practitioner training, it was a lot of work to do. And Joe was like, I'm not really sure on the launch date of this. And I'm like, no, the launch date is September. Like we'd planned it for September. We're going to make it happen. And so she could sense the decision had been made. And so we're like, okay, (laughs) I'll get behind that. I'm going to roll with it. So I think there's times when we lead with clarity because we're absolutely certain 
I think the times when we are more in that sort of not sure space and we're kind of talking things out, it's because we haven't quite reached a full alignment with where we want to take things or what we want to do. And that is probably where we sit in that, in that creative zone of like, sometimes things aren't the right time. So we just take our time over it. We don't rush it. We're, we wait for the moment to appear, I suppose. And then other times we create that moment and we're going to make that happen. So I think a lot of it is to do with the passion and energy that we bring and how ready and formed, I suppose, our ideas are. What would, what would you add to that, Joe? Yeah, I think the alignment piece is key because we have a feeling that we are aligned in the business and our longer term ambitions for the business. When one of us, as Zoe said, has that decisive energy about it and the full confidence that whatever it is can and will work and they convince the other one, then we trust in that process. And we also absorb the discomfort that we might feel as an individual, whichever one of us it is that's kind of following that particular piece. So when we were translating our coaching qualifications from in-person into an online offering thanks to COVID where we were going to translate it but not at the speed that we had to do that um our, Zoe was like it's fine we can do it we'll just do it week by week and I was thinking oh that's not how I want to work or enjoy working can we do it is that ethical and of course it was and we could do it and actually afterwards I feel a gratitude and I think Zoe does, you know, that when the other person kind of leads that and where we take longer over our decisions, I think it's because neither of us are 100%. That's what we believe that we need to do. But what we sense is there's something new emerging. And that's when we get excited because it's where our creativity can come in. It's where we lean into possibility. And then we can layer the practicalities onto that afterwards. But I think we have a combined belief that we can achieve whatever we want to and our business has changed a lot. So in the early days, this was different. I think we took longer to make decisions and that's partly because we didn't have the resources to make the decisions, even that we wanted to as quickly as possible. We were naive. We'd never run our own business before. So we you know, we we often tell the story about sitting at our computers, hoping that something would come into our inbox rather than really leaning into the proactivity. And we were lucky that people in our network trusted us to engage with us, to support them in programs. And so we use that as an excuse to not really make the decisions around working, you know, on the business and what it would become. So we've learned our lessons along the way and we've incorporated that into the way that we make decisions moving forwards. I would say we've also learned that our boldest and most courageous decisions bring the biggest growth and so when one of us comes forward with a I want to do this and we've got the excitement and the energy behind it it's kind of like a oh, okay <laughs> let's let's go on the adventure and it's exciting so yeah, I guess that's a bit about how we work. I like that word adventure, actually, because I think that's exactly what it is. It is an adventure. But when you feel like you are not quite aligned yet or in that creative space, how do you get creative together? Do you actually prefer being together in the same room or going for a retreat for a couple of days, for example, just the two of you? Or do you still manage to do that through Zoom? We do a mix of all of it, actually. You know, we are definitely our most creative when we're away. That might be 
I call it a holiday. It's not a holiday. It's a working holiday. So we might go away. Like I can't remember what year it was. We went to Croatia where we were going for a conference and we took three days to be together, to focus on the business. It's time we were writing the book. So we were in that space and we came up with some amazing business ideas in that time that came very organically from being together. So yes, creating space in the business to be together, not really with a firm agenda, but leaving lots of space Mm. to have conversations. Yes. And I would say when that can't happen and we are in our separate locations, we can still make it work. And I would say one of the things that I think is one of the reasons for the success of our relationship and our business is our honesty. So there's nothing that isn't shared. So if I am not feeling it, frustrated, it's not happening, I'll just be like, this isn't working for me. (laughs) You know, and it's out there on the table and Joe's like, okay, tell me more and vice versa. You know, if Joe's like, this is not how I want to work. I'm like, okay, right. Let's look at that. You know, what needs to shift? You know, so we're just very accepting, I think, of that process. Mm. Yeah. I think another part of what enables us to work in the way that we do is our partners. So if I think about last night, we were facilitating on one of our coaching programs and we always sort of hang back after the programs if anybody's got any questions or want to speak to us individually. And it's often in those times later on in the evening where the day is done and hopefully we've achieved all of the priority things in that day where we sort of linger together and we kind of download and probably say things that we hadn't even planned to say, but just come out because we have the space. And, you know, my husband isn't knocking at the door saying, you need to be here Zoe's husband isn't knocking at the door saying you need to be here and and they support us with the space and have an understanding of the way that we work together in a fairly organic way um, which enables us to lean in to those times where you know we might shift forward another step in what it is that that we want to do next. Mm. Support from our partners is very important and I think that's Something I heard as well, when you have a change of circumstances in someone who's in a co-founder's relationship, which can be a divorce or, you know, going through something quite big in their life, it's obviously having an impact and challenging that relationship. You both talk a lot about energy and I'd like to explore that a little bit because I think as coaches, the three of us who know that it's a key aspect of doing, you know, good work and being aligned. But I think it's also something we help clients realize and work themselves on. So I'm just thinking of any other co-founders listening to this. What would you say about the energy and how your relationship with the energy actually in your work? I think for me, it's like acknowledging that Ideally, the energy in the business should be light and fun and enjoyable. And when it's not, it's important to notice that. There will obviously be times in any working life where you are working on something, you're under pressure and the energy comes down, you know, more. But it's like, how long for? Like, how long is that energy sustainable for? And so I think for us, it's just recognizing what is the energy in our business is this the energy that we want to create? Is this the energy that we want to be in? And if not, what do we need to do differently? So for me, it's a noticing of it and a naming it as and when it's not where we want it to be, but also celebrating it when it when it is. Mm. I think for me, it's recognizing that 
emotions are energy and having a business together is emotional to be human is to have emotions and to experience them and so we trust that there is wisdom in the emotions that we feel and that we experience and we lean into that as we are making decisions having conversations together and also I think from more of a systemic lens the business started out as me and Zoe two people working together and the business has a life of its own now so whilst we are the co-founders of it it's growing beyond us and so it's almost like it's not just our individual energy but it's also about the energy of the business and what's happening to that and how does that want to evolve around it and ultimately we want to feel good it comes back to are we living the lives that we wanted to design and you never know when you start a business what the journey and the life is that that's going to lead to and I think I feel a sense of privilege and also gratitude for where we're at in our business and all that we've learned along the way and for my children I love that they have now this entrepreneur, you know, an insight into starting your own business and what my experience has been. And they have other influences, obviously, in their lives as well. And they can see the energy that doing something that you love brings and what that can enable. So I think we use the energy as a compass in our business. Mm, yeah. And I think it's a great lesson or reminder that it's important because I think it sounds obvious when we talk about it but I hear so many people disconnecting from their business or actually achieving their goal at some point but not feeling what they thought they would feel by getting there so I think it's really important to tune into that and we talk about it as solopreneur but as co-founders is how do you bring that energy together and how do you, you know, check in basically on what's working for one and the other? Yeah. I think that's the difference between the destination and the journey. You know, yeah. like, yes, Joe and I have goals, but they are not, I don't know how to describe it. You know, like nothing is hinged on those goals. Like there's no, we will experience that when, or we will feel that when. Our goals are also about how is it in the present? How is it right now? Like, is this how we want it to be right now rather than it always being, you know, mm. three, four, five steps ahead? I think if there's a danger if you're setting a goal in order to achieve experience or feel something that you have to wait a very long time. And as you've quite rightly described there, you don't know how that's going to be experienced when you get there because there's so many other factors that can happen. So presence, I think, is really important to both of us. Mm. And enjoying that journey, totally, because it's what makes us keep going, really. So I think it's really important to celebrate it. And actually, on that point, we talk a lot in business, you need to celebrate your achievements. How do you do that together? Do you have a ritual where you actually celebrate your successes together? I'd say it's different every time. I know I've got a piece of jewelry for our first really big successful launch. I've got some of these paintings that, you know, on the video you can see behind me that I've treated myself to, to celebrate milestones. And of course, Joe and I get together. We had a raucous night out in London once, which is a great celebration. So what else would you say about celebrating, Joe? Yeah, I a different approach. I don't kind of buy something 
to represent a particular thing for me. For me, it's more about my lifestyle is the celebration. So, you know, it continues to enable me to do new things and adventure is one of the values that I have in life. So for me, it's about travel mm. and I, yeah, I just don't connect particular things. I'm the same, like if somebody, you know, when people die, I don't then hold on to that date as a particular date. I more appreciate the relationship and the experiences that I had with that person. So I think we have different approaches to celebrating. What I think we do do is take time to recognize, to stop, take a breath and go, wow, oh my goodness, we did that. You know, it's almost sometimes like with the book or the podcast, it's almost like holding hands and jumping off a cliff together because it feels risky and, you know, we can kind of look at each other and do that. But I do remember the very first piece of work that we achieved, which was a piece of e-learning design, if you'd have it, around management development. And I remember we were in the house before the house we're in now, And I remember literally dancing around my kitchen and thinking, oh my goodness, like this is real. Like we've actually done it. Somebody's paying us money. Can you believe it? Someone's paying us, you know, rather than getting your monthly salary. And then there are other times where we might be scratching our heads about something at different points in our journey. And I equally value having somebody else to be like, what should we do about this? Or how do you feel about that? And that helping to kind of calibrate what the experience actually is Mm -hmm. and I'm really up for more celebrating like more events more experiences for me like I just love new experiences so I'll often say to Zoe how about doing this or how about doing that yeah I'm totally with you on the experiences and I think if I were to work with someone I would definitely want at least go for a drink, go for a glass of champagne anytime we celebrate something, but also try something new or go somewhere different. You said you did three days after a seminar in Croatia. It sounds totally heaven. <laughs> yeah, we've had spa days and yeah. little breaks, weekend retreats. And yeah, it, you know, it's important because we do work hard and yeah. you have to balance that with the play, right? And the fun. It does. And it really brings creativity out again. And I think we underestimate. I think for me, when I left my job, it took me probably 18 months to get out of the habit of I need to be at my desk. So I know I'm working and I work completely differently than I used to work in corporate. And I just have to get that space in my life, whether it's a walk or a day out somewhere or going to a museum. And it felt really guilty at the beginning because you think, oh my God, I'm not working. I'm just a lady of leisure going to an exhibition. But that's where you get the best idea. All of a sudden, getting out of your environment and the change of scenery. And in terms of your understanding of each other, and I think we got a good idea already, but it's something I wanted to talk with you about because you're both really experts in neuroscience and behaviors, how people think. I know you've got this diploma on emotions at the moment, which is extremely important. I'm actually considering it for myself because I know how emotions are important in any decision we take in life and how they drive our behavior and then our successes. So I think it's really interesting because you have this awareness, you have the skills to understand yourself, understand each other, but I don't think it's a case of everyone Could you maybe talk a little bit about how you use the skills you have to specifically understand each other? So, for example, 
if you have a reaction on the stress that the other one wouldn't have, how do you deal with that? We don't take it personally. So we recognize that if we see a behavior in the other person that is different to their best self or their normal self, and we can understand what's going on, then we accept it. You know, we cushion it really, I think, in a way. And I think the other part of it is that we take responsibility for our own emotions. So I don't think about my emotions as being something that Zoe's caused in me. I notice that I am feeling something and then I think about what do I want to do about that or with that. Mm. And I think that's quite different to what you see in a lot of relationships in life in general is you'll hear people say he or she made me feel. And that isn't the dynamic that we have. Yeah. I, I don't think I could do the relationship that Joe and I have without our coaching skills. You know, like we had friendship for many, many years. So we knew each other very well. But we draw on our coaching training, our coaching experience every single day in all that we do, not just in the way that we approach projects and things like that. But yeah, in the psychodynamics of both our relationship and the system that we work in, both the business and the wider world, like it's just, I don't know how any co-founding relationship is successful without a foundation in coaching skills. And I know that's a big statement to make, but uh, the level of self-awareness that you reach when you train to be a coach and use coaching skills just creates so many more choices and creates so much freedom within the relationship, as Joe said, to choose your response, to work without judgment. It's something that is the, probably the backbone of our business, as you would expect being a coaching training organization. Yeah. And I think that's usually one of the reasons why people have tension is a lack of self-awareness or understanding and respect for the other person's reaction. We're going to end very soon. And I just wanted to ask you, ladies, if you had to give one advice to other co-founders based on all the learning you got after 11 years of working together, what would that be? I think mine would be to always work with deep compassion and curiosity. You know, so when you experience a tension or a frustration or whatever it might be that feels unhelpful is to lean into that with a curiosity to understand rather than to judge or to cast quick judgment and decision over, but to come with a deep compassion for the other person and a desire to be really curious about what's happening. Mm. And the question that popped into my mind as you asked that question, Delphine, was what needs to be honored here? And carrying that on a day-to-day -day basis when you're engaging in conversations and reflecting on conversations, I think that can be a source of help and insight and help to guide you moving forwards. Mm, that's fascinating. Thank you very much, both of you. And thank you for all the wisdom and the insights It's been really interesting to listen to your journey. Thank you, everyone, and see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Delphine. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Co-Founders Show. If you're still here, I dare to think that you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, I would be so grateful if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and leave it a positive review. You can also share it with other co-founders in your network who may learn from it. And if you have any questions or want to share your thoughts on what you've heard today, 
Let's continue the conversation on LinkedIn, on my profile at Delphine Coal. À bientôt